Hi, I'm Tom Chick, and before we start the podcast, I need to tell you real quick about a very special opportunity that only comes around once a year. And I'm not talking about Girl Scout cookies. I'm talking about the 2018 Make Us Watch Whatever You Want Fund Drive, which is now underway. So if you've got a movie you want us to watch and to then babble about for an hour or so, complete with Kelly Wan's potentially award-winning Opsis treatment, we're taking your votes now. All you have to do is PayPal at least a dollar to paypal.me slash QT3, the letter Q, the letter T, the numeral three. Or you can just PayPal your contribution to our uh, 3x3 at quarter3.com email address. Either way is fine. Just be sure to use the comment section to tell us what movie you're voting for. I'm just going to assume that you meant for us to all watch Armageddon. Now, every dollar you donate will get your movie pick a vote. And when we record the podcast at midnight on March 11th, we'll draw a winning movie live on the air. Now, we count on you guys, on our listeners, for support. Because we, I I mean, I don't know if you've noticed, we don't accept advertising. I mean, we could. For instance, would I be lying if I told you that Universal Studios approached us and was all like, hey, can we please get one of you preferably Dingus, to record a short promo for Fifty Shades Freed, and we'll pay your podcast handsomely. And I'm like, nope, no, that's not how we roll at the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast. Our opinions aren't for sale for anything less than points on the back end of whatever Jurassic Park movie I think you're doing this year. There's a Jurassic Park movie this year, right? Well, would I be lying if I said that? Who knows? However... I didn't tell Universal this, but I'm telling you, our opinions might not be for sale, but our movie choices are for sale. So vote early, vote often, but don't forget to vote in the 2018 Make Us Watch Whatever You Want Fun Drive, which is open from now until March 11th at midnight. Remember, remember that's, uh, that's paypal.me slash QT3. Or just PayPal your votes, your your uh, your your choices to 3x3 at quarter3.com. Thank you so much for your support. And now, on to a podcast that will have zero ads for Fifty Shade Free, the erotic tale of newlyweds Christian and Anna Gray, fully embracing their inextricable connection and shared life of luxury. But just as she steps into her role as Mrs. Gray and he relaxes into an unfamiliar stability, new threats could jeopardize their happy ending before it even begins. Don't miss... Fifty Shades Freed, starring Dakota Johnson and Jamie Dornan, in theaters now. Hello, welcome to the Quarter to Three movie podcast. I am Tom Chick. I am here with Christian McCoskey. I would like to be known as Um Baroski. And and that was Kelly Wan joining me, greeting you to this podcast, who he may or may not have a Black Panther tagline. Kelly Wan, uh, what's up? He's like Iron Fist, but the right ethnicity. I don't think it's I don't understand that one. Give yeah. us one that, I knew the, you wouldn't. that the, the cool kids in school would understand, not one for the nerds. Uh, it's like Michael B. Jordan is Creed, but Rocky won Creed. He's like the villain. Uh, okay. Are there more? 
He's like the Pink Panther, but with an accent. Um, they're getting better. No, they're not. Considering this one's fine, the first the listeners will understand the first one. Does your rhinoceros bite? <laughs> See? See? Why can't you be like Dingus, Kelly Wand? I want a loom. Uh, Kelly Wand, are there more Black Panther taglines? Uh, In that case... <laughs> let's, go, let's get out of this. Dingus, don't yeah, spoil no. Black Panther, but tell the listeners a little bit about the movie we saw this week, spoiler-free. All right, this week we saw Black Panther. Mm. A 2018 American action-adventure science fiction superhero Marvel Comics franchise movie. Ugh. The 18th movie in the Ugh. MCU. The 18th. Ugh. You guys, we've had 18 uh, of these. It can it's vote. It's it can vote. Twin Peaks. The Marvel Comics universe can now vote. The Marvel Cinematic Universe can now vote. And drink in Texas. About how the most versatile substance in on Earth can be used to make something other than a frisbee. It was directed by Ryan Coogler and written by him and Joe Robert Cole, based on the Marvel comics by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Ugh. <laughs> it stars Letitia Wright, sure. Lupita Nyong'o, uh, you know, Chadwick Boseman. Oh yeah. Michael B. Jordan. Oh! Denai Guerrera. Wait, D- Martin. W- Kelly Wand, what was your exasperated thing about Denai Guerrera? Which one's he? Oh my god, Kelly Wand. Oh, you're in trouble. Okay, there's going to be trouble in a little bit. Go ahead, yeah. Dingus. Sorry, I'm gonna make sorry you for wear that. I'm going to make you wear a wig for this segment. No, no. Dingus, you don't even get your. Uh, th- this buffoon over here, Dingus, I'm going to explain a little bit in a little bit. All right, good. Uh, hey, Martin, uh, Martin Freeman. Uh, oh. Winston Duke. Daniel Kaluuya, Andy Serkis, and Forrest Whitaker. Black Panther is rated PG-13 mm-hmm. for prolonged sequences of action violence and a brief, rude gesture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a rating? Thing? Yeah, yeah, it better yep. be. Hey, 12-year-olds, get out. This you flip, yeah, you can't never see this. how to flip the bird. It's, Especially if, if a woman's doing it. If a woman's doing it, it gets a PG-13. If a man does it, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just a PG. Kelly yeah. one, is there anything that the MPAA should also alert parents to that they didn't? I would be uh, careful taking kids to see a movie that has uh, using a spear to break a car <laughs> is incorrect. And <laughs> improper use of a waterfall. <laughs> but otherwise, sure. I thought the finger was well appropriate to all ages. Because babies can do it. You don't Black- rate the baby 13. And Black Panther is at 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, uh, really? Uh, yeah. On Metacritic, which uh, is the average rating from various reviews, between 1 and 100, it's at 88. And of course, no surprise here, idiots love Black Panther, and they gave it the expected A+. What else would they do? Uh, Black Panther, uh, so this is a little bit tricky because it's opening on a four-day weekend. Um, But let me just say, uh, as recently as maybe three weeks ago, uh, uh, Disney was forecasting it would get about $100 to $120 million opening. But after the buzz with some of the trailers and hashtags being passed around and social media, 
they went into the weekend, this weekend, expecting that it would get around $150 million for the four-day weekend, uh, possibly as high as 170 for the four-day weekend. Uh, the total for the four-day weekend absolutely shattered even their most optimistic ex- expectations. It made $218 million uh, for its Whoa. four-day weekend. It's the fifth biggest opening even when you scale back to three days. Over three days, it made $192 million. Not even the weekends anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, th- th- those are – they know how much money it's going to make, Kelly Wan. Like they, they've now got to a science on we're – re- uh, we're recording – you know, after the weekend's over, and they yeah. release these numbers on Saturday night. Heard that during the election, so I don't trust any polls. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, one the the rules are very different when you're talking about money. Oh, that's yeah. why they call it money. <laughs> so uh, we still have in first place Force Awakens with 247 million, Last Jedi 220 million, Jurassic World 208 million, Avengers oh. 207 million. We previously had at number five Age of Ultron with 192 million. Black wow. Panther squeaked by. No, Age of Ultron was 191 million. Black Panther squeaked by with 192 million over its three days. But if you cheat and include the the uh, holiday, uh, it's going to be at 218 million. So uh, it's doing very well. Wow. Commercially That's and uh, critically, Kelly Wan, how's Black Panther doing in the Opsis universe? <laughs> I was confused a lot, so I hope I got everything right. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm white. Did you see it in German? No. I saw it in a packed theater of excited Germans in English, and they were all whooping a lot, and they gave it a standing ovation at the end. And, and an A-plus if the CinemaScore uh, pollsters were waiting in the lobby, I'm sure. Yeah. And they're all white. Germans are. I don't know if you knew. Germans that. are all white. I was not aware of that. Okay. Oh, wait, yeah. hold on. Let Master me write that down. Prince. Yeah, you, I, I think Angela Merkel will be surprised to hear that, Kelly Wand. Yeah. But they Considering love her stances on immigration. Yeah. Yeah. Even in Wonder Woman, when the Germans showed up, they got excited. <laughs> Shut up, Kelly. We remember that already. All right. You want to know what happened in the movie? What would such a thing be called, Tom? Kelly Wand, it would be called the Blopsis Penthopsis. <sighs> you know. You talk like Trump, if you think about it. <laughs> but only during this. You speak about money authoritatively. <laughs> All right. But wait, if this is 18, then 17 was Thor Ragnarok. So that's yep. when you could have sex with a mortal. Or is that 18 too? Uh, varies by state, Kelly Wan. Depends what state you live in. If you're in Alabama, doesn't matter. So if you go to a different state, you can have sex and then come back. Black Panthopsis. A kid we never see in the movies all. Hey, Dad, Wolverine and Ragnarok are... (laughs) Tell me the origin story of Wakanda again. (laughs) Woohoo! Millions of years ago, Wakanda was created. It has vibranium in it. There was also a purple flower that makes our kings fight better in this panther-shaped costume, unless it's against Creed. Anyway, uh... Other nations fought with planes, so we used CG to make ourselves invisible. But then I think we joined the UN, and my character got killed in Sokovia. So we adopted Bucky and then put him into a coma. (laughs) The kids all, oh yeah, Bucky, Captain America's white falcon. Some words are all (laughs) Oakland 1992, yo. While PG-13 rap plays, some urban kids play basketball without swearing, but with apple cartons as baskets. 
One's all, ha, can't wait to see grandma's face tomorrow when she sees all her apples on her porch in that basketball net. Ha, <laughs> ha, woo. Suddenly the fat one sees a blue light pass by and some clouds overhead. So they cancel the game and throw basketballs at his face while he stares up at it. Inside one of the nearby gang buildings, Black Panther's uncle points to a milk carton diagram of the city and tells his friend, who doesn't really look like Forrest Whitaker, okay, when the van comes down here, the gods will get out to eat donuts, so we blow the windshield with my fishing pole. <laughs> Gerard comes and eats. Suddenly he hears nothing. Kelly, <laughs> what a very nice Den of Thieves throwback. You know, yeah. I'm trying to involve the white people, but also they have someone to root for. <laughs> the uncle looks out the no, no, young Whitaker's all, what is it, the feds? Is that what you didn't hear? What? The uncle looks out the window and sees the kids playing basketball. He's all, what, the feds playing basketball? What? Someone knocks. Whitaker peeks through the door's peephole and goes, oh shit, Grace Jones is here, and I think that I will survive, singer. Two red black ladies with spears come in. One of the ladies takes off his mask and goes, I am Black Panther's dad. I hear you've stolen my brain. <laughs> I don't know what else to call him. I hear you've stolen vibranium to make a van. What? The uncle's all, that van will keep kids off drugs. Black Panther's dad's all, nah, first prove to me that you are from a CG African nation. The uncle pulls down his lip and shows he has normal pink gums. <laughs> the Whitaker one's all, by the way, he pulls down his lip. The uncle's all, oh, Forrest, your lip too? Oh. Black Panther's dad kills him. Then he and Whitaker get in their spaceship and fly away, leaving his body there for his kid to find. Some Swahili letters turn into triangles that say Black Panthopsis. <laughs> I don't know why I do that. At the British Museum of African CG, a woman walks walks up to Creed and goes, Hello, I don't know you, but I'm here to answer any random question you ask. Thanks for making my coffee, by the way. It's delicious. Creed's all, cool. Hey, what's this? Oh, that's a glass case with museum artifacts in it. Britain, early 21st century. Oh, yeah. What about this one? That's a restroom sign. Late 20th century. Oh. What about this? That's a spear with dust on it from the past. Now, nah, it's from Wakanda. It's made out of vibranium. It's a substance like adamantium, but Fox doesn't own the license. <laughs> <laughs> he lowers his lip at her. Then he points at her guards and goes, all this security, you didn't even secure what's in your own body. Ha <laughs> ha. She looks worried down at her diaphragm, then eventually at her coffee cup. She loses interest and slumps to the floor. One of the guards is all, Hey man, what are you making fun of us for? We didn't drink poison coffee. <laughs> Something in our bodies. So your speech is, uh, you know. Suddenly, Eddie Circus in a construction outfit walks in and shoots all but one of them with his arm. <laughs> then he tells the last one, I like you, run away. The guard's all, Really? Thanks, man. I was going to quit anyway. As he runs away giggling, Circus shoots him in the back. He looks at Krieg and goes, Cops like it more when the crime scene's spread out. <laughs> then he turns his metal hand into rubber so it breaks glass. 
Creed takes out the spear and breaks it and bangs it against stuff till the tip's shiny and vibranium. The dying museum lady's all, Oh, I guess we should have examined that artifact more closely or run some tests on it. Oh. She loses interest again. Chris Evans leans over to me and goes, Wait, so Michael B. Jordan's the Human Torch, and a couple years later, he plays someone else in the Marvel Universe? (laughs) (laughs) That's dumb. (laughs) It is a weird rule. Meanwhile, Black Panther's sister, who's also his Q, flies him around in a spaceship over Nigeria. He's all, it is too bad our father died at the UN in Sokovia. I wish... <laughs> I gotta take an acting class. It is too bad our father died at the UN in Sokovia. I miss his wise ways and nasty gas. She's all, here, these beads will make you do... Wow. <laughs> what happened? It was going so well. <laughs> Fucking Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah, these beats will make you too fast for the audience to see what you're doing. He eats the necklace. She's all, just one, fool. He smiles. You are my sister in this. By the way, don't freeze. He's all, <laughs> he jumps out of the ship and attacks some jeeps. Some red lady spear friends also pitch in by jumping around and murdering. (laughs) I want one of those. Since it's PG-13 and night and CG, we don't see anything good, but the music's exciting. (laughs) Suddenly Black Panther's bald ex-girlfriend shows up and stands around with a spear. Black Panther's all, oh, Nikita, hello. Uh, your, your scalp looks amazing. A gunman runs out of the forest going, okay, I have a gun in my hand. I intend to shoot it once I am finished speaking. There, I am now finished speaking, and my gun should now be, wah! <laughs> Nikita castrates him bloodlessly. Black Panther's sister pops out of a nearby shrub and goes, ha ha, you froze! <laughs> Black Panther shakes his head fondly at one of the exploding jeeps. To celebrate Black Panther's indecision, they decide to make him king as they fly their... confidence in this for some reason. As they fly their spaceship over jungle waved at by a couple extras on the ground who I guess are aware that they live right next to Wakanda. Black Panther's all, ah, looking at CG never gets old. Stan Lee in blackface pops up beside him. Tell me about it, I'll say. Ooh. I know. It, he's just old though. It's cute. <laughs> And they filmed this years ago before he. They filmed all of these cameos years ago before he died. Right, it's like Charlie's Angels. Yeah. He's Forsyth. The ship passes through a fake mountain and into a realm of high tech CG. Beside me, Batman's all. <clears throat> Gee, wonder where they got that idea. Hey, uh, the actress who plays Superman's mom 
has the same last name as his girlfriend. <laughs> I already knew that. Idiot. Spaceship passes over the majestic CG of Wakanda. All the skyscrapers are shaped like topless black ladies with spears and carrying water jugs on their heads. And all the women are shaped like skyscrapers. There's a rhino. They find some CG with Angela Bassett next to it and land. She's all, hello. Black Panther's all, mama, father is dead. As are some jeeps. (laughs) Yes, I know. I think I was an Ultron. (laughs) No. Forrest Whitaker wearing an orange toga walks up and goes, I am also in this sucker pool. He's being mean to a tool. It's kind of twisted the neck. As Black Panther's sister leaves, she flips them and all of us off. The mom's all, Helen! Sorry, mama! <laughs> Later, by raising rhino CG, his friends all, Black Panther, I am your best friend in this, I think. So, are you and the key to getting back together? Why'd you even break up, huh? <laughs> He's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Black Panther's all, I wonder if I truly wish to be king. I am like Aragorn and uh, Godfather 3. The next day, he gets over it and they make him king. In keeping with their advanced technology, by making him eat some pink flowers by a waterfall and chanting. Bassett's all, I now pronounce you king of Wakanda and mightiest African member of the Marvel Universe except for Storm, kind of. Do any other less photogenic men wish to challenge? It's dumb. The Indian from Embrace of the Serpent stamps his spear angrily on his foot a few times. Goes, the Embrace tribe does not. Jaden pulls his lip down and starts to say yes, but Will bats him in the face, so he shakes his head. (laughs) Five eighties teenagers are all the band of the hand. Do not. Does not. Yeah, Dingus, they're part of the Marvel Universe. (laughs) Grammar jokes. Machete raises his machete. I didn't hear the question. (laughs) Suddenly, a big black guy in a gorilla mask comes out of a cave and goes, I do. He and Black Panther wrestle giggling by a waterfall while their friends surround them and squeeze them in with spears to get them to wrap it up. Do you think Jaden sees movies like this? It's fucking Jordan. Anyway. Black Panther gets stabbed, but luckily just in the lung. Finally, he wraps his legs around the other guy's neck, sits on his face, teabags him, and goes, Yield! Yield! The other guy's all, Ah! How can something so wrong feel so right? Okay, okay. uh, He taps out. Everybody cheers and laughs at all the ball sweat on the loser's face. To celebrate, they give Black Panther more drugs and bury him in red sugar. (laughs) Tech. He goes to an afterlife where his dad and his dad's friends are all CG Panthers sitting in a tree doing nothing. One turns into his dad, hugs him, and goes, Thank you for persuading me to go to the UN that day. I only wish 
I only wish you were here and that I was still king. Eventually, the drug wears off, so Black Panther's able to squirm out of the hub. He wakes up to terrible diarrhea, but at least he's king. The next day, his sister makes him walk around her James Bond lab. She's all, We've just gotten reports that Creed stole a spear from a British museum that I guess stole it from us, and now he wants to sell it to the Hobbit in a North Korean casino. <laughs> Why would a Hobbit want a casino? No, the spear. Oh. I see, a perfect circle. Unlike the movie, the circle. No, that's Spear. She points to a Black Panther costume and goes, punch this. He does, knocking it over and making it dirty. <laughs> I didn't say hard, idiot. Oh. Now do it again, better. <laughs> Black Panther flicks the suit and is knocked into a nearby wall, breaking his hip and giving it permanent nerve damage. This is all, ha ha, got you. <laughs> He gets up and goes, yes, that will be very handy in the field if I ever need to punch myself. Thank you. (laughs) She shows him two costumes with different colored necklaces. She's all, which one of these you like, gold or silver? Uh, The silver one. Ha, no problem. She holds up a bead of blue CG to the gold necklace, which somehow turns the bead silver. She's all, huh? Hmm? Ah. He's all, eh, or I could have just taken the one that was already silver. Maybe you should be in charge of our jewelry line instead of weapons like Ivanka. Actually, you know what? I want the gold one now, but with a big hat, a fur coat, a 53 Chevy, and some prostitutes. Sorry, these beads only make stuff silver. (laughs) Some Swahili triangles turn into the words North Korea, parentheses, casino place. To get into the casino, Black Panther disguises himself as a bald woman with a spear and a red evening gown, and the other two women disguise themselves as Black Panther. (laughs) The sister's job is to sit in the lab and drive their CG car around by remote, since that's less hassle than just getting her a car. The bouncer waves them in. Okay, you all look Korean to me. Have fun. They walk in the casino looking through binoculars and bumping into each other. At a crafts table, Stan Lee's all, I'm going to move my chips over here. Line <laughs> on this? What? Come on. Move over there. I like the name Kugler, though. Dormammu Kugler. <laughs> you still rolling? Kugler. <laughs> As Black Panther adjusts focus on his binoculars, he sees Martin Freeman standing right next to him and screams. Freeman's all, yes, I'm American in this. <laughs> Since I'm a pilot, I was assigned to buy vibranium in a casino. Please try not to ruin me up. <laughs> oh, so just because I'm black, I ruin ups. Uh, the idea that you would even entertain such a possibility. A bouncer yawns at Black Panther's girlfriend. She's all, I've been made. She and Black Panther start shooting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so 
so because of that mistake, they start shooting and stabbing everybody. <laughs> Andy Circus. Fuck. <laughs> Andy Circus shoots all of his wittigs with his arm cannon and runs out. A bunch of stuff with cars and spears happens. Eventually, the budget runs out, so they put Andy Circus in an interrogation room. Freeman's all. Right, whatever you do, don't let this guy ask you any riddles. I've had trouble with him before. Since me background's piloting, I'll interrogate him first. Black Panther's all. Agent Freeman, I'll have you know that I was in charge of my father's safety at the UN, and that once I even fought the world's mightiest Avenger, Ant-Man, to a standstill in the motion picture. Ant-Man, colon, standstill. <laughs> His girlfriend's all. That was Falcon. Ugh. Uh, Falcon, Panther, they are all birds. Now, Mr. Freeman, we shall show you how Wakandans interrogate circuses. <laughs> Suddenly, Creed bursts in giggling, shoots Freeman in the fat, and drives off with Andy Circus to a junkyard. Freeman's all, Me do ordinum! <laughs> Beside me, John Krasinski stands up and goes, weak. Freeman's American accent sucks. Well, I was available. Jesus Christ. He looks at us and makes his gym face. <laughs> they should have faces. The CIA doctor on site tries to treat Freeman's bullet wound with some salt. But Black Panther's girlfriend shoes him away and sticks a CG bead in Freeman's wound. She's all, there's no time to take him to the nearest hospital. We must fly him to Africa. <laughs> Black Panther, you going to chase Creed and recover Circus? Mission? Uh, we already had a car chase. <laughs> Meanwhile, in a junkyard, Circus limps into a car seat because one of his legs is also a cannon. He's all, good work springing me. You should have seen the look on Black Panther's face behind that mask he had on. I bet his eyes were shut. It looked pretty toy. Creed's all, by the way, he pulls his lip down and shoots at Circus off screen. He misses, but Circus dies by tripping and falling into lava again. Creed drags... <laughs> <laughs> That's the last one, I promise. <laughs> He's the only white character. I had a lot of flashbacks. Creed drags Circus's rotting body by the foot all the way to Wakanda and somehow gets through the barrier, which I guess is just invisible and doesn't actually block anything. When they arrive, Black Panther's black friend, Stinky, stares at them warily and goes, Who are Wakanda and why have you men this brought here you to? I mean... Creed sighs, shoves past them and drags Circus's body into Black Panther's throne room. He's all, Here, I brought you the body of Andy Circus. Also, he lowers his lip at them. Bassett's all, fuck. By the laws of Wakanda, he is now eligible for the kingship as well. Creed looks at Black Panther and goes, your father killed my uncle's friend or something. I waterfall challenge you. <laughs> Takes his shirt off, revealing he has goosebumps all over his arms and chest. He's all, holding here. <laughs> Black Panther's sister's all, why don't you just shoot Circus in the police station and make this pitch thin? 
but the waterfall's already cascading. Creed tricks Black Panther by throwing him over the waterfall. Well, Black Panther's trying to make a speech about justice, which no one can understand because he's also pulling his lip down. Bassett, Black Panther's girlfriend, and his sister all cry out sadly, but his best friends all. I don't know. Creed raises some good points. British Museum guards have long enjoyed too much coffee. Whitaker's all. Long live Wakanda! Creed kills him. To celebrate, Creed gets baked on purple CG and buried in the red sugar. His afterlife is his dad's office in Oakland, where he comes in and starts rifling through drawers and boxes. His dad's ghost is all, stop going through my things! Meanwhile, Black Panther's sister and girlfriend kick Martin Freeman awake and go, Welcome to Wakanda! The man who shot you is now king for shooting the guy who shot you. Long story, uh... The girlfriend and the sister get bored with him and walk to a mountain cave that has Black Panther sleeping in normal sugar inside it. The fat guy who lost the first waterfall challenges all. Yeah, I've been keeping him here. Sorry, forgot to tell any of you. I'm no doctor, but if we move him, he'll die. They all stand around and watch Black Panther sleep. Meanwhile, in the Wakandan afterlife, Black Panther goes back to his dad's tree and shakes the branches till his dad falls out. Father, you killed Creed's father. Ugh. His father shrugs wisely. Black Panther's all. Wait, why isn't Whitaker here? Kings only? Then why? <laughs> only three Panthers. His father starts to answer, so Black Panther wakes up. His girlfriend and sister are all. Black, we knew you could do it. Bassett's all. Creed wants to take over white people's countries using our magical CG spears and rhinos. Black Panther's all, do not worry, mother. I have a plan. While Martin Freeman flies around in a spaceship, a couple red women attack Creed's armies of rhinoceros robots, and Black Panther and Creed fight in an underground cave on some train tracks while CG trains keep trying to hit them. <laughs> I lean over to Rudyard Kipling sitting beside me in a safari hat and go, so what do you think of Black Panther so far, brah? <laughs> He's all, I don't know, I've never panthered. (laughs) (sighs) People from the 1890s will love that joke. (laughs) I hope I'm not dating myself. Eventually, Black Panther tricks Creed by stabbing him. As he cradles his lap in his head, he's all, "Uh, we can heal you. But Creed just rolls his eyes. Black Panther drags Creed's body into view of the rhinos and women's and goes, Don't worry, I stabbed him while trains tried to hit us. Bassett's all. Then in keeping with the ancient laws of Wakanda, you are now king again. Black Panther's friends all. Black Panther, I see now the foolishness of Creed's ways. Exposing ourselves to the outside world is dumb. Our armed cannons must never again be allowed to fall into the shoulders of white men. It would almost be like giving a ring of power to Gollum. See what I did? <laughs> yeah, that's the last one. <laughs> <laughs> I hope. He's dead. Black Panther's all. Actually, I have just now decided that Creed was right about sharing our CG with white people. Thank you, dead Creed. Good, good idea. Uh, and a special shout out also to the trains that almost hit us. So uh, wait until we offer the white man access to those. The friend looks at Creed's body and goes, uh, 
Martin Freeman flies his spaceship into view and goes, wait, so me love interest in this is the sister, right? <laughs> Ask him, shut up, fool. <laughs> Idiot. Black Panther flies his spaceship to the basketball court in Oakland, although I don't think he was one of the kids in the flashback and knows about it, but maybe. Seconds before he arrives, one of the kids, totally unrelated to Wakanda, by the way, is all, okay, guys, time to finally finish that big basketball game our dad started in the 90s that was interrupted by a UFO and some murders. What the? <laughs> Black Panther's ship lands on top of him, crushing him in one of the baskets. The referee kid blows a whistle. Time out. The kids are all, whoa, oh, look how gray the ship is. Oh, yeah. oh, can we go inside it? Black Panther's all, no. Beside him, his sister yawns. He's all, by the way, I bought that building and that one and those over there. Now I can watch kids play basketball from any angle. <laughs> the ex-girlfriend walks up and goes, by the way, we're dating again. <laughs> <laughs> After some words tell me who covered Stan Lee's casino losses, in the UN, a white American diplomat sneers at Black Panther and goes, and why would we want to hang out with Wakandans? Black Panther smirks as if to say, Tony Stark's tech? Ugh. <laughs> After some more words tell me which animators renamed all the Asgard files Wakanda ones, Bucky yawns and emerges naked from a tent. He's all, ugh, yeah. Woo! Hey, I know I said two years ago to just put me back into my coma. That's where I was happiest. Um, but I've changed my mind. Civil War. <laughs> Infinity War. We different. Don't want to miss that. <laughs> Guess I just woke up now on my own. What? My love interest is the sister, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kelly Wand. Oh. <sighs> so, yeah, I might not have understood anything. Well, let's see if we can clear that up. Uh, first thing is give us an over and an under. And uh, what did you think of Black Panther? All right. So I went with uh, message movies that masquerade as action or horror movies. So um, I, I really loved this. I, I totally, totally loved this movie. Uh, so for an under, I went with Get Out, which I really, really liked, uh, but I think fell apart in a lot of ways uh, and also had um, – Daniel Kaluuya in it. Wait, Get Out's an action movie? It's an horror. action or horror. horror. Okay, okay, yeah, he's horror. bringing – Dingus is, is being super inclusive with the genres. I see. That's right. Fair enough. And for the over, I went with Winter Soldier, which led to a huge political disagreement argument with us. Uh, wait, that's a us. horror movie? Oh, wait. wait yep. Wait. <laughs> yep. But now the thing I... is they don't know they're in a horror movie, Kelly. Right. <laughs> So I went, with, uh, I went with uh, – uh, no, not Winter Soldier. I went with Civil War. Sorry, Civil War. Mm. That's a message movie? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I would Remember even, how, I would agree with that. how long like we, we went on and on about I do, but I'm not sure if there's we wound a like, – on... Right, right, but I don't know if there's one message like it's saying, you either believe this or this. I don't know. I guess that's a message too maybe. But I just uh, – I'm just talking about which movie I like better. Uh, not necessarily which message works better. I think the I think the messages in this are more powerful. Um, uh, I think they're quite powerful, actually, and and uh, quite interesting, uh, m more interesting than I think that messages are in Captain America: Civil War. Um, 
but I think that I prefer the movie Captain America Civil War just slightly more than I like Black Panther. Uh, and Get Out, I liked uh, – I would put it a little farther below, but I'm not a big horror fan like you dudes are because um, I do think Get Out falls apart in the third act. All right. Well, uh, it's, okay. Go ahead, Kelly One. Sorry. I was going to say it's also maybe not scary either. Like it's kind of a comedy or comedy. I don't know. Uh, uh, playing off what Dingus did, I also went with um, the idea of messages because I, I think that's a lot of what's going on with Black Panther. Uh, kind of unfortunately, though, uh, the message in Black Panther, uh, I, I feel well. I went with message movies where the message is uh, a quote near the end of Black Panther, which I feel is very important to the story that Ryan Coogler is telling. And that quote sounds kind of glib, and it would fit on a bumper sticker. And it is, more connects us than separates us. And it's hard to express that without being glib. So for my over and under, I'm doing a movie that expresses that sentiment poorly and one that expresses it well, and I'm putting Black Panther in between. I'll explain in a minute where it fits. My under for this, and it's way, way under, is uh, is Crash. Crash also has this idea, more connects us than separates us. It's this idea that here are disparate people, here's what brings them together, this unity is the the message in Crash, and Crash is incredibly clunky. It's uh, just, just really awkward with trying to talk about race and, and different socioeconomic levels and I, I cannot stand crash and I think a lot of us on this all of us on this podcast probably feel that way. So crash has that kind of bumper sticker message more connects us and separates us. Crash is terrible. Black Panther is definitely better than Crash. Black Panther, however, is not quite as good as this other movie that I want to bring up, which is one of my favorites of last year, where the message is more connects us than separates us. And that's a movie from last year called Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. I loved that movie. That was uh, one of my uh, favorites of the year. Uh, maybe was that that might have been my favorite of the year. Uh, Black Panther, which I also loved, is is pretty close to that because it takes what could be a glib message, this idea that more connects us and separates us, and it 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 very smartly fleshes us out into an, an adroitly operatic. A story that features black people without the usual message, the, the usual approach to movies about blacks, where it's about their victimization by whites. And, and that, that is not part of what Ryan Coogler is doing. But there's still a lot of powerful messages in here about racism and race relationships and the, the current situation for, for uh, black Americans. Um, so this this glib idea is expressed with a lot of nuance, and it's it's very smartly put into a really compelling action movie. Uh, and it's it's again, and this constantly surprises me. I just have no desire to go see these Marvel movies when they come out, and I just get blown away by stuff like Spider-Man: Homecoming or uh, Thor: Ragnarok, and now freaking Black Panther. I had no desire to see this. I knew very little about it. But uh, just the, the experience of seeing it was just one of, of growing glee and then afterwards just absolute satisfaction with it. And I was just so touched and moved. Uh, I love this movie. So uh, not quite as much as one of my favorites from last year, Three Billboards in Ebbing, Missouri, but, but fr- very close. So Kelly Wan, give me an over and under. What did you think of this movie? Uh, I m- mostly really enjoyed it. Um, 
I really liked how black it was and just embraced its Africanness and mostly took place in Wakanda. And before I go see a Marvel movie, I try and picture in my head like the the movie I want to see. And I, I was like, this should be set in the 70s. It should be like a black exploitation movie or something. But it was even better than that because it was all Wakanda. And so my over and under, I just went with movies that sort of embrace blackness where everybody's black. And the, my over was this movie called The Harder They Come, which is like this Jamaican Daisy Confused kind of movie about with Jimmy Cliff from 1972, where he's trying to be a reggae singer. And wow. He gets involved with like dope dealers and uh, record executives who are involved with drugs. I don't know. It's like a Neil Simon movie. A black exploitation comedy, it sounds like. Yeah, but it's all set in Jamaica, and it's all it's it's what you said. There's no there's no victimization stuff. It's just pure. It's just like a movie that takes place in a different clime. Mm-hmm. And uh, and my under is I couldn't think of any unders uh, that were worse than Black Panther because uh, I kind of like the genre. So I just just went with Undercover Brother. Uh, Another white exploitation comedy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. But I remember right. seeing that with like, I was like the only white guy in the audience, and there's a part where his hair gets shot off, and the whole audience was like, "Oh shit!" And I was like, "Ah, they're really into this." And it was kind of a <laughs> more does connect us. I felt a connection. And so my only beefs with it is I'm I'm just still superheroed out in general, and there is enough of a superhero movie in this to make me go, "All right, wait, get back to the good parts that I like." And uh, the other thing, and this is maybe a reflection on me, it was really hard for me to root against Michael B. Jordan, just because I'm so used to him. Uh, I I didn't know he was in this, by the way. And as soon as the movie started, I knew it was a Ryan Coogler movie. Uh, And Chadwick Boseman, he hasn't really made an impression on me. I haven't seen – I don't think I've seen any of his work. And he's got quite the body of of, uh, roles that he's played. He's got quite the resume. Um, so I, you know, early on, he didn't do much for me, but we'll talk about how that changed. Uh, so when Michael B. Jordan showed up, I just could have just stood up and cheered. I was so glad. And I didn't know if he's going to be the villain or a sidekick or I had no idea in what capacity he was in it. But I was just elated when he showed up in that museum scene. Uh, I was so glad he was in it. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm not supposed to root against Well, him. here's the thing, Kelly Wand. I, what he reminded me of, and I, this is, again, something that I just deeply appreciate about this movie. Uh, it's not the typical villain who wants to take right, over the right. world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't need any more of those. And I, I don't I, – you know, when Infinity War comes up – comes out, I, I know who Thanos is, and I don't, I don't need to see some guy destroying the galaxy. I mean, whatever. Uh, that's been done. I've been there. I've seen it. I got the T-shirt. I, I'm done with that. It's it's just so trite for me. Uh, so I I love this idea that uh, he he reminded me very much in a way. I, don't know, I it, it reminded me of of the way your feelings about Sam Rockwell progress over the course of Three Billboards in Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, now Kelly, one have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, where where I don't want to root against Sam Rockwell. I think he's, it's he's on fund- Kelly's list as well. Yeah, it's he's, he's he's fundamentally likable, uh, right. and and the movie presents him as a villain, but knows that he's likable, and then kind of softens his his villainness, uh, create you know gives him more dimension as a character, uh, you, and I feel that that's very much what was going on with Michael B. Jordan in this. Right, you could have actually, if you think about it, and I was thinking of this during the movie, is he just sparkles with this integrity and intelligence? It's just Michael B. Jordan aura, like he'd make a great thing. And you could have reversed the storylines 
and it would have worked just as well. Like he has a pretty decent uh, case <laughs> for being king. Well, that's what and makes him wrong. an amazing villain, I think. Right, right. And, and right. you know, Chris so. Webb agrees with I think what Tom was talking about a minute ago is, and Chris Webb says he's one of our listeners who wrote in. Uh, I was secretly rooting for Michael B. Jordan or Lupita yeah. Nyong'o to become the real back Black Panther, and then. MJ, I guess he means uh, Michael B. Jordan, dies, man, I was hoping he'd be like the Loki going forward. So yeah. he's secretly rooting for him. Um, I, I was not rooting for him, but I, I think that your point, Kelly, that you're making, and I hope you continue to make it, that he's making a, a decent case. I think that that's what makes this movie so compelling to me. And what what is so exciting to me, not only as as – uh, a superhero movie, but is a pretty compelling social commentary. But anyway, go ahead. What were you saying, Kelly? Sorry, I interrupted you. No, I, you know, I, I'm surprised that the message of the movie was the part you guys focused on because I really just kind of zoned out on all that, and I was really just sort of enjoying the visuals and just the fact that it was so so set in Wakanda, and that's what I came away like that was the first thing I thought when I came out of the movie, like oh, Wakanda movie, that's cool. Well, I, to be fair, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of message early on. And I, I early on was a little worried about the pacing. I was like, where is this going? Why are we knowing about all these characters? And and what I, I realized partway through, uh, Ryan Coogler is uh, – he's raising the stakes by teaching us about these characters and showing yeah. us them. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't – like when he finally lets them let loose in Korea with their technology, their physical prowess uh, – that's incredibly thrilling because now we know a little bit about who they are. Uh, this isn't a you know a mile a minute action movie, and yeah, yeah. there's an action sequence at the end. There's the Korea sequence, but otherwise this is a movie about, and I love this about it, characters making decisions, yeah, presenting their cases, contrasting themselves to other characters. This he's is a, a character study. Character, yeah. And and so I uh, I almost thought like like uh, uh, Chris mentioned in the email. You know, I know that some superheroes are a costume rather than a superhero. So I almost thought, oh, is is uh, is uh, Nakia going to become the Black Panther? Is Michael B. Jordan going to become the Black Panther? And is this movie then going to be about how he changes his perspective? Um, I, I was a little disappointed when it resurrects, you know, uh, T'Challa, but I understand why it did that. Uh, but but that all that message stuff, Kelly Wand. I don't think really comes into play early on, which is part of what makes it work, is Kugler takes his time raising mm-hmm. the stakes, doling out some really exciting action, and then layering over it uh, commentary. And I would say that more than message. You know, message movie is often used as a, as a term of derision in a way. Uh, there's just commentary in this movie. Um, and I do feel that it is very important that uh, Eric – and by the way, a real quick message. If you're if you're adapting a comic book and the character in the comic book has a stupid name like Killmonger, feel free to ignore that. Yeah, Just call please. him Eric. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. They, they do it, that a lot, actually. Well, I noticed, you know, in, in Spider-Man Homecoming, I had no idea that guy's name was Vulture. And, uh, and I was super glad that they never called him that. But uh, when, when they rolled out and explained how he was Killmonger, I kind of rolled my eyes. But uh, fair enough. That's probably from the comics. Um, but, but I feel that it's super important that Michael B. Jordan, uh, that, that Eric dies. And that yeah. with him, his philosophy, his his over the, the motivation for what he wants also dies. But 
the direction that he's moving, what he ultimately craves, doesn't die, and it changes T'Challa. Right. But but that he has to kind of sacrifice himself because what he is asking, uh, this idea of an armed insurrection, would involve people dying, getting killed. It's it's this this idea of violent uprising. Uh, it, it is not a good idea, and I think some of the most effective black leaders – not even black leaders. Some of the most effective leaders in the 20th century – you know, Gandhi's not black. Uh, Martin Luther King <clears throat> have realized the folly of advocating armed uprising, armed resistance, violence. Uh, and I feel that Kugler feels that it's important that we kill this approach and that right. we understand that, that – again, it sounds super glib, but it's, it's an effectively told commentary – and that we understand that more unites us than separates us. Because I – there was not a single moment that I was watching this movie where I thought, huh, everybody's black. I, right. I, I didn't yeah. – it didn't occur – I mean when you said yeah. Martin Freeman's the only white guy, I was sort of thinking, well, hold on. And I guess Andy Serkis. But th that did not yeah. affect my viewing of this movie one bit. Uh, it made so. it better for me. I like movies. Well, I, I got worried about it because um, what would happen in the in the hands of a lesser director and writer would be just the inversion. Would be that okay? All the black characters are heroes, and the white men are all sure, terrible right. people. Yeah. They are all the villains, and they're super villainy. And the black uh, characters are all super heroic. And instead, what Kugler is doing is is he's making a different kind of movie altogether. Um, he's having them fix broken white people, <laughs> and uh, and those characters are incidental. And he's having these these black characters go up against each other as if they're just characters. I mean, these are all just characters going up against each other. But there's also this other layer. There are this, there are so many layers in this movie that I love. Um, that he, where he's where he's saying that there's there's this larger issue of isolationism, which he's making a comment about, and uh, what are we going to do with all that we have to help the world? as a whole and other people that are like us and other people that aren't like us, everyone, what are we going to do with our resources to help the world? And I think this movie really is sort of a poke in the eye to the, the way that the United States government administration right now is working. And, um, so that, that whole idea of, uh, of, not having a bunch of white characters didn't affect me either. But as I was starting to write about it and think about this, I was thinking, well, a lesser director would have just had a bunch of mean white villains and just shot them. And that's he, not what this movie did. And even cooler with the black villains, they aren't necessarily villains like Mbaku. Right. No. Mbaku he, he comes out like even the character and even Michael B. Jordan. I mean, we, he has a case. Uh, and even if you disagree with his approach, his, his motivation, what he wants is is noble um but the people you think are evil with the exception of andy circus who I, I i thought okay he's gonna be the white villain fine i love andy circus when they killed him i was like wait wait a minute i i thought yeah. we were setting him up to be the big bad you just swept him away very quickly right uh, so even even the villains weren't villains and uh you know when daniel kalua goes over to michael b jordan's side uh like he's not becoming a bad guy he's just having a difference of opinion when when uh and i love so kelly wand how can you not uh, uh danae guerrera you know who she is right no 
Danae Guerrera is Michonne from Walking Dead. Oh, uh, okay. And she is yeah. tremendous in this. And, and that's another bit where General Okoye, uh, General Okoye also is like, well, I, you know, I love my country. Uh, she is torn. Like she has to make decisions and she's not a villain. She's just making a decision. And uh, so, so one of my beefs, by the way, I, I was so thrilled to rediscover how, how fun and exciting it is to see uh, Danae Guerrera as an actress playing a badass because that's an early exciting part of the series The Walking Dead. But since <laughs> over the course of several seasons, they have saddled her character with just all kinds of like angst. They currently have her in uh. this horrible chemistry-free relationship with the dipwad who's the lead actor in the series. Still? And Still, and there's nothing there. It's super awkward. Uh, I haven't watched in a while. You're not missing anything. And it was just so exciting to see her playing General Okoye and just how, how fierce she is. And it, it, it just reminded me how exciting it was to discover this character Michonne in Walking Dead early on. Uh, but again, her, like when she decides to back uh, Eric, it's not because she's a villain. Like nobody in this is really a villain. And, and like right. Dingus was saying, in a lesser movie, the whites would be villains and the blacks would be good guys. But in a lesser movie, even some of the blacks would be villains. And part of what's beautiful about this movie is that nobody is just a villain for the sake of being a villain. Right. And even, I mean, there's this great thing that happens where, um, uh, where Killmonger, which is. (laughs) Just call him Eric Dingus. He has a name. (laughs) I like when Dingus says it. (laughs) It's like Kiernan talking to us. Um, when, when it turns, when, when they're talking about Killmonger, uh, uh-huh. when, George Killmonger. when whenever Ross says he's not Wakandan, he's one of ours, um, there's an ownership quality to that that's not like the normal military way of saying he's one of ours. And I think that's on purpose. I think there's this this sense that is played out in that last scene where they're looking at the sunset and, and, and uh, Eric is saying, you know, why are you gonna say, what 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 would be the point of saving me? Just throw me overboard, like just throw me in the sea, like like my ancestors jumped off of boats, understanding that this would be better than uh, being oppressed. Um, when Martin Freeman not is being oppressed is a life in bondage. And I I feel those words are like, I love, I mean, that is so explicitly about slavery. Kugler hasn't hit us over the head with that before. And to save that one pointed moment, uh, it's just, that was so incredibly moving. Uh, And sorry, I cut you off, but, but that whole line about a life in bondage and invoking slavery at that point, at the, the, the demise of this character was just such a a beautiful touch of, of writing. Um, yeah. So sorry, go ahead. I, I love that, that bit about a life of bondage. Yeah, but uh, but I think it's I think it's slightly foreshadowed by the idea of Martin say, Martin Freeman's character Everett Ross saying he's one of ours, as if we own you. It, there's <sighs> there's ownership. He's been created. He's been he's he's had to sell himself essentially in, in order to become the person he wants to become because he doesn't have any other choice because he's been abandoned. Mm. Um, Thing is, yeah, I don't. I mean, I, mean, I think it's trying to portray his military service as, as like an honorable thing. Like I never got the sense. Oh, I don't character. agree with that. I think he's had to sell himself and in order to become, in order to get back to Wakanda. 
Okay. I mean, I, I never got that sense, and it didn't occur to me, but I could see a case being made for that. Fair enough. Okay. Um, if Kugler agrees with Dingus, I guess I'll shrug. <laughs> well, well, what, I mean, it's this is an example of, you know, that's a, that's an interpretation, and I don't feel I would, didn't think of that at the time. I mean, I didn't but, either, but it's, it's a valid interpretation, and I, I think you could probably make a case work. for that. But but I feel like I don't. Again, it's important. The movie doesn't hit you over the head with that. That's an interpretation you right, can take exactly, away yeah. from it. Uh, and yeah, being that's a that's a good insight. I'm not sure I buy it, but. Uh, uh, yeah, it definitely fits with the ultimate message, I think, and ultimate in, in both senses of the word, the ultimate message that he wants that character to deliver. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think that that's why I totally agree with you that at the end, uh, while I would have – well, I, I love Michael B. Jordan and I like that character so much, I think it is – it is necessary for him to die at the end of this movie. Well, um, Boswick grew on me because he's – that's the thing is like he's playing the less flashy guy. Like yeah. in a way, it makes, it makes him actually an even bigger underdog because Michael B. Jordan looks stronger and he's yeah. cooler. And he, it's, uh, it, it, you can see he's got his work cut out for him. So the fight's kind of exciting because if you're Boswick. But it, Boswick's like he <laughs> Boseman. Chadwick Boseman. Boswick. Chadwick Boseman. Boswick. Now I'm going to have trouble getting that name out of my head because I know I got Well, <laughs> just wait till you start calling him Chris Boseman and Chris Boswick and Boswick. Boswick. Because Chris Webb says that, uh, that Chris Hemsworth is way more charming than Chris Bo- <laughs> than, than Chadwick Boseman. No, yeah, well, the, Boswick has finer points. Um, I'm, I'm with Kelly, yeah, because I, I feel like early on he's not super dynamic. When Michael B. Jordan shows up, he is super dynamic. His performance is very naturalistic. Right. Uh, it, it's something that an American audience can relate to. He's brash. He, he's he is feral. like Creed. Uh, he's, he's like, like Creed. Creed. And, and it's, it's a completely opposite style from what Chadwick Boseman is doing. Right. And, and, and it's – it's again. It's it's important that this contrast is drawn, uh, and over the course of the movie, uh, and again, I, I haven't seen Chadwick Boseman. You know, he's played Thurgood Marshall, James Brown, Jackie Robinson. Like this guy's had amazing roles, and I, I feel remiss that I haven't seen any of them because he really won me over by the time the movie was over through being quiet and cool and calm. He he has he he exudes. It's like Obama. Wisdom and calm, and, and there, Ding, Kelly Wan, there, there's definitely kind of an Obama quality there. Yeah. He, he seems like a just ruler, right? Uh, and and he exudes. I mean, his father that. even says that. I mean, his father says you're you're a good man, and it's difficult for a good man to be a good king. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and so the contrast between the two of them, uh, I feel, is important, and I, I can just imagine. The kind of audience that tears the A plus at Cinema Score and, and bless their hearts, I agree with them. Uh, you know, seeing Michael B. Jordan and rooting for him and thinking, oh, yeah, this guy's more exciting. I'm with him, and being brought along by Ryan Coogler through the, this this series of developments and character developments and and changes and confessions at the end. Uh, you know, the the fact that he is in so many ways magnetic and even his philosophy of violence is magnetic. It draws you to it. Uh, it, it was just such great use of what Michael B. Jordan is so good at doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love, too, how adroitly it includes very, very strong female characters. Mm-hmm. That was so much fun. 
Yeah. Uh, from Letitia from, Wright was the one who made it. Letitia out. Wright, I think, makes this movie for me. Yeah, she I mean, steals it. As much as I like everybody else, I am crazy about her. She She's just really brings, into her role. She's really yeah, engaged. She She's super excited about it. And she like you get the sense she really likes what she does in the movie. Like her yeah. character's excited. That's a really, really good way to put it. She brings so much joy to this movie, uh, and but with but so much competence. It's not goofiness, yeah. uh, and it's not a bored cue either. It's not like she's bored with all these things. She just she she has a relationship with uh, with T'Challa as uh, I think her name is Shuri. Uh, but she also uh, is is you thoroughly believe that she could create all of this tech, yeah. but she just has so much joy in in sharing it uh, and so much uh, of this sense of pride and this sense of this is proprietary as well. I'm I'm doing this. Uh, I, this is very important to me. This is my responsibility. But she also has this weird sort of um, great sense of humor about it. Uh, she, she, I, I love the way she plays this. I think she's a total revelation for me. Letitia Wright makes this movie for me. As much as I love the movie anyway, I think Letitia Wright is amazing in this movie. I love how her character is, is a great makes a great case for girls pursuing STEM careers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she's the fun character. She's literally the only fun character in a way. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right, Kelly Wan. You're trying to think. Yeah. Well, Andy Serkis is kind of doing a little bit of a Drax thing uh, with his. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's constantly laughing about things. Oh, what is this? A funeral? Put on some music. I mean, he's doing a bunch of Drax kind of stuff. Uh, right. So he's, he's trying evil. to. He's right. evil, but he's fun evil. Um, she's just pure. I mean, it, it, for me, I, I think when I was watching this, anytime she came on stage, on stage, anytime she came on screen, I felt joy. I just, I just thought she just brought so much energy and joy to, to this movie. You know, Kelly Wand actually raises a good point I didn't even think of. This is not a jokey movie. This no. is not a movie that does that Avengers Joss Whedon thing of let's be clever and funny and and tell little jokes along the way. That's why and we that didn't even. Didn't even occur to me watching it just how earnest it is, uh, and and how this could have easily been super leaden, like a like a DC Zack Snyder movie or something. Uh, and yeah, it's not jokey, is it? There's no little like quips uh, and one-liners. But it's got a casual jauntiness. Like the visuals are really cool. And there the, are some quips and one-liners though, but they but it doesn't on. rely on those. Like that's it's that's not the like meat. That's the meat. Yeah, Thor. That's the meat of Thor Ragnarok. It's a lot of what makes the Avengers work. It's just how everybody is super jaunty and has fun little one-liners. And that's just not a part of this movie. And there, there right. yeah, there's some great little little moments. But that's what know, a lesser director would have done: is make Black Panther jokier. They would have brought in Joss Whedon to polish the script and throw right. in jokes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I thought that was one of your complaints about Civil War, though, that it wasn't. It was. It was too leaden. Well, well, I, I, yeah. I mean, Civil War. You know, these are characters who've been like super jokey, and now they're going to get serious and give you a a, right. a weird little earnest message that I thought didn't make any sense. Yeah, I mean, I, it's partly too dingus like the, the commentary, and I didn't agree. I, yeah, the Civil War commentary. Don't get me started. But this commentary I loved, and this commentary too. It's kind of stealth commentary. Like Civil War's wearing it, what it has to say on its sleeve. This gives you a really cool movie with really cool characters, and then sort of gives you uh, the the commentary. With all due respect – oh, go on. Go ahead. No, with all due respect. 
Well, with all due respect, the comment, the issue in, in this one has real world applications, and the Civil yeah. War one's kind of a loaded. It's. I thought you guys were retarded for debating because <laughs> <laughs> it was so far removed from anything real. Like it's like debating midichlorians versus uh, uh, Kelly Wand. I've been told that I'm wrong, but I had always thought that the Civil War thing was about gun control, and I've been told that that's not necessarily the case. Right, but the Warren it, Ellis or whoever wrote it is is a gun control thing. That's that's what I'd assumed. Uh, I think it's I, about gay marriage, <laughs> and that's why when they when he shoots the repulsor at the shield, there's something kind of. Oh like, God! Uh, what? Oh, yeah, here's another here's another problem. I I feel that this movie it makes all these other Marvel movies seem Lamer. like super glib to me. Yeah. And not necessarily like, yeah. I still think Spider-Man homecoming is exciting. Uh, and you know, Logan is in a class by itself. Uh, same with dark Knight. but it makes all it, especially the Marvel movies just seem really like, like glib. I, yeah. I now we have to watch black Panther get bossed around by Iron Man. I don't know if you're joking, <laughs> Kelly Wan, but when it said he returns in, in Infinity War, Civil right. whatever, I, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, yeah, I don't want to see been... him get lost in some ensemble movie right. now. Captain America's like, get over there. Yeah. <laughs> Here's your tip. I, I think this movie, this movie speaks very, very directly to what's going on in yeah. our country right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what goes on in our country is like a DC. It's like an Archie comic level. Just like if Lex Luthor was president, like something <laughs> really stupid is happening. Like you're giving the world too much credit in that analogy. How dare you? Black Panther's much more nuanced than the world you're talking about. <laughs> but please continue. I also think the funniest, the funniest line in the movie. This is, I, I don't know if I can remember another movie. Uh, in this 18 uh, or any of these movies that have a button at the end where there's a, the funniest line in the movie for me is paid off by the button. I just think that that the, you, is, the, the message to the UN or whoever that was, or the weird Bucky thing, the, 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 the uh, great, another white boy for me to fix. I mean, th- that's uh, oh, oh, oh. directly paid off at the end. And I've, I don't oh, know. I thought she was talking about oh. claw. I forgot. Yeah. Cause it, she fixed claw. And then Martin Freeman. So you're right, Dingus. It didn't occur to me. Yeah, yeah Bucky another. was in there. Good point. Yeah, Good call, she's Dingus. fixed yeah. Bucky. Uh, and, and but so, she's also fixed Claw. Like, I think when you hear that line, you're thinking, oh, right, Claw. But, but you're right, Dingus. I mean, it's also definitely a reference to Bucky. Yeah. Uh, and that was such a pleasure for me to see that happen. Um, but I don't know what you mean by uh, – I don't know what you mean, Kelly. Is, I mean, I, I'm kind of interested in talking about, like, the different things about about – I don't know about the ideas of uh, of of uh, colonization and subjugation. Oh, I love that Everyone. white people were called colonizers. Like that yeah. is so. My name's like, like like imperialism is so out of class these days. Like it's not something that people dis- discuss. But yeah. th- this this nation, that's how they would have known whites as as colonizers. That was so funny that they called them colonizers. I love that. But I think she's doing it. I don't know. I think, but there's there's also the sense of them understanding technology and understanding the outside world because the, there's that that joke about oh he froze like an antelope in the headlights. I mean, so it's it's not it's not primitive. I mean, obviously, I mean, we understand looking at this like El Dorado. Uh, but they're also lucky there. they inherited it, and there are things on a mountain of the magic metal. 
Well, Kelly, Wan, I, I think what's going on here is like – uh, and I don't – well, I, is what? Like America. We kind of got – No, 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 no. I, I think what's going on here, and I don't, I don't know what the original Black Panther is like, but I think the analogy is uh, you know, Africa doesn't have a lot of the usual natural resources, but it has been exploited for uh, diamonds and gold, and certainly in the mm-hmm. olden days, uh, slavery and rubber, but uh, right now, the resource that Africa has to offer are, thing, are precious metals. Uh, and I, that's yeah. got to be like, when I hear about the vibranium, I'm like, well, yeah, of course, like gold veins and diamond mines. Right. Uh, yeah. How do they, how do they extract it? If it's the most strongest metal, I guess you just use vibranium pickaxes. I don't. So it, is this, is this canon by probably. the way, is that now every, like everybody, every little child in Wakanda has a Frisbee that works, as Dingus mentioned, that works just as well as Captain America's shield. Like this is canon now, right? Like vibranium yeah. – it's like vibranium inflation has just risen a thousand percent in the Marvel universe. Was that always right. the case? Because uh, what I thought originally was that this is the only – that Captain America's shield was the only piece of vibranium right. available. I thought so too, Dingus. Yeah, and then the, yeah, and that there were the uh, like even in Spider-Man: Homecoming, whatever those aliens brought through that hole that Iron Man closed, like that was some super precious stuff used for weapons. Uh, yeah, but yeah, apparently now there's just you know Africa's lousy with vibranium. Uh, I wonder if it's heavy. Is that? But do you know the comics well enough, Kelly, to to speak to that? Yeah, the, Kelly. The whole... No, that's a Kiernan question. I don't know much about vibranium because. Because I think in even in the comics, his shield is made of vibranium and not adamantium. And I remember going, "Wait, why wouldn't it be an adamantium shield?" But I know in the in the Black Panther comics, I don't know if you ever read them. I mean, it was like they were like jungle jungle tales, like where where he would like be fighting jungle creatures and yeah. Well, I always get a line of them where he's like fighting the KKK at some point. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. But I don't know that vibranium was really a part of it, was it? I think it – you know what? I, I don't, don't know. know. That's a good question, and it's kind of a – where's Kiernan? Call him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I love the uh, – just the visuals of this idea of what would it look like if an African culture developed advanced technology. Like I am so tired of Blade Runner cities even though – Man, I loved the vision in Blade Runner 2049, but watching people try to do that future city or these gleaming skyscrapers, I'm so over that. To see this really cool idea, and I think there's even a word for it, Afrofuturism, man, that really looked awesome. Uh, One of the things that one of our listeners wrote in, and I I found this interesting, and I didn't even think of it. This is a listener we have named Chris Markitson. I don't know if you guys have heard of him before. They do have vibranium in the comics. Um, This just in. Yep. Okay, good. Uh, All right, so what did Markitson say? Sorry. He says, when they keep showing Wakanda on TV, they only show one little village that couldn't hold more than 50 people. Are they saying the entire country is that small? Surely there would be a city for appearance's sake, of course. Then who would volunteer to live there rather in luxury in the secret city, right? Yeah, the caves. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's like rotating. It's like sort of when you do your, your duty with the Peace Corps. Like, right. okay, you've got to go out and live in the farms and, and represent the poor farmers. Maybe you can come comprise. and hang out of the monorails. Yeah, you have to go, go pretend to be the population of Wakanda for the UN. Right. <laughs> It's also so, – their computers are immune to hacking, by the way, just FYI. Oh, all right. Based on well, our well, but, you know, m- one of my questions for you and we're, 
at the end of like kind of writing about this and because uh, I went on and on about the whole idea of of, of benevolence and subjugation, that whole idea as far as far as how that relates to slavery and how and how on a on a family level in this movie, um, there's this idea of how we lie to ourselves you know this this is the lie i chose to believe or this is the uh this is the truth i chose to admit omit when he's talking to in the ancestral plane the second time around the, the that that's done on a national scale like with slavery or with with colonization i don't know if that's the, how tight that spectrum is that you know, yeah we 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 have enslaved these people but we've made their lives better because we we've taken them to america you know that that lie that countries tell themselves i i, I love those things about this movie um it, and i was writing about all those things and then i thought about this totally dopey question i wanted to ask you guys in in the movie age of ultron how does ultron not know about this place <laughs> i mean right. he, he makes he makes that point he makes that point about the the most versatile thing on the most versatile metal on earth and they've used it to make a frisbee that's so typical of humans. Um, I mean, I mean, he understands that there's more vibranium out there because they go to that ship that's mired in the mud that 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 Claw has. But he doesn't. The Ultron are they not connected to the internet because they have those little palm things that pop up? I mean, Ultron is connected to everything. I mean, does he just not have any access to? Wakanda? I mean, why does Ultron not it's know hidden. about that? It's hidden. <laughs> thing is, there are these things called firewalls. You can install them on Windows 10. They work. Firewalls work. Or maybe you since he's just, based on Iron Man or something. And Iron you Man can just, but he can just drag, He can just, like you joked about, he could just fly a plane in and drag a body in. Wait, the Wakanda's in that movie, though, now that you mention it. So it should be in there, you're right. Well, Wakanda is in the movie, but in the way that Chris Markinson's talking about it, it looks like right. it looks like a a place that would house fifty people. It's not it's not like this it's not like this beautiful, glowing city, uh, which which is really a great thing to see. But I just don't understand how Ultron doesn't know about it. Well, I you know the same reason that they've got UFOs that can fly around. I mean, I think that the movie's yeah, just asking us right. to accept. That this is a. This has been going on all the time. You just didn't notice. Well, in the same with Wonder Woman's eye. Although I guess that's DC. But there's this idea that it's you know it's a, it's a city out of time and it's uh you know yeah. it's, it's protected with super advanced technology. Uh, and, and I think uh, Ryan Coogler's one of his models for this is was Lesotho, which is a little tiny African country. Like I, I think we're just supposed to think of you know it's like the Luxembourg of Africa. We're just supposed to think of this as a little tiny patch of land. Uh, that has some farmers on it, and you know it's it's a it's it's a it's a monarchy that other nations are in Africa just kind of leave alone, and it has no natural resources, and nobody really cares about it. That uh, they're just kind of hiding. You know, they even mention this idea of hiding in plain sight. Um, so yeah, we just have to accept that their technology is super advanced, and it's more advanced than you know. Kelly Wan made a reference too, but you know, Tony Stark. Pff, you know, I think we just have to accept that it's more advanced than that stuff because that's what uh, Ultron hacked into is is Stark's right. Computer that's the stuff. Thing. Wakanda and computers don't use binary. Yes, Kelly Wand, exactly. So, they use hexadecimal. Right, so they can't be hacked. Right. To me, it weirdly reminded me of Atlas Shrugged, actually. 
Aha, mm. uh-huh, you're an Atlas Shrug. Yeah, yeah that's, that was my... That's what, I, that's what I said to myself after I finished it. Aha. Uh-huh. Was it the fountainhead of because uh, you know you because they fly a plane like into the Rocky Mountains and then they oh, turn right, 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 right. The Shangri La thing right I yeah. forgot about that yeah well I I think what they're doing here I mean I I don't know if I'm reading too much into it but I I love that at the very end uh, Chad Chadwick Boseman Boswick uh, had a line about you know something like when when the world faces crisis uh, you know good people pull together and the foolish built barriers like is that that's got to be a wall reference like a trump yeah that's a that's a thumb in the eye to to trump because i think what what the movie is getting at and dingus you brought up isolation isolationism beforehand uh there's this idea of a powerful prosperous nation and what is its obligation to the rest of the world and the wakanda as it's developed is we don't have any obligation. We know that the rest of the world will uh, will corrupt us and will try to steal things from us. We're just going to hide from it. Uh, we're going to jealously guard our technology and our secrets. Um, and yeah, that that's this idea of isolationism. And one of the things that's brought up too is we don't want other people from other countries coming here and destroying our way of life, which is an immigration nod. And Kugler doesn't – like he's – again – like the slavery thing, he's not hitting you over the head with this stuff, but it's in there. And there's yeah. a, there's there are important bits about isolationism and 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 specifically immigration with the line about the wall and somebody saying things about people coming here, and you know they're not represented by the way as evil, cackling, you know, hand rubbing, villainous, mustache twirling perspectives. They're perfectly reasonable perspectives. If people come to Wakanda, they'll destroy their way of life. If Wakanda reveals itself, the world will want to steal its technology. But what the movie eventually tells you and what T'Challa eventually comes around to believe is that they do have an obligation to the rest of the world. And in really, it's, it's, a, it's on a global scale, a presentation of this whole – and again, it's so glib to me now <laughs> – this whole Spider-Man idea of with great – power comes great responsibility like that's a silly spider-man saying but applying it to prosperous first world countries like the united states uh i feel is part of what this movie is doing yeah and that's i think that's the brilliance of this movie in that and i think that you've kind of led me to this tom is that the hero of the movie learns from the villain uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Because the villain is basically saying, oh, I let, "Yeah, I definitely thought of that, Dingus. That was different. But no, I didn't think of putting it that way. You're absolutely right. Yeah, because the villain says we're gonna we're gonna start everything over and we're gonna be on top. Yeah. And so you're you're wondering like, what's the difference between retribution and reparation and vengeance? And what T'Challa is taking from Eric is, okay, we can do that without destroying everything. You know, without killing everyone. And what what uh, Everett, Martin, Martin Freeman's character, is saying, well, this is how he was trained. He was trained to come in here and burn all of these plants and then start everything over. Right. right. And what T'Challa is saying is, no, we don't have to burn everything. We can build a bridge instead. So he's learned from the villain. And you don't see that in these kind of movies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about some of the visuals. Ryan Coogler is a director. One of my concerns going in, uh, Fruitvale Station is is brilliant. Uh, and by the way, I love that he opens the movie in Oakland. You know, that's where Oscar Grant yeah. was shot. He's yeah. the, the subject of Fruitvale Station. And the you know, I was thinking, okay, well, what's you know, I know that 
Oakland is also Fruitvale Station. How is this going to be relevant? And as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh, that's not going to be relevant at all. That's just some prologue he put in. And I was so wrong, and I was so glad I was wrong. And I I love that when Eric goes into that place where you interact with your ancestors, that it was his apartment with his dad in Oakland. That was yeah, it was such a great touch. I thought he was going to go right back to the tree. That was yeah. I was so surprised. That, that's the tree for him. That's where his dad, you know, he, he knows his father. You know, that's his connection is his immediate father. He doesn't that's have his a sense. ancestral plane. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't have a sense exactly, Dingus, of an ancestral plane, which is these regal jaguars in this cool baboa tree or whatever those things are called. Uh, you know, it's an apartment in Oakland. Uh, so it was enormously relevant, and I love how uh, Ryan Coogler – you know, made that a set piece and made that part of the the story. But so my concerns were Fruitvale Station, Creed, and actually, you know, I was going to say my concerns were how is Ryan Coogler going to know how to do a good action sequence? But I'm thinking back to some of the boxing scenes in Creed. Yeah. And of course he knows how to do a decent action sequence. Well, he certainly knows how to do a good fight sequence. Good Lord. Yeah. yeah, And well, even the crazy, like I, 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 I don't. I did not see the armored rhinoceroses coming. Like I know when he showed the rhinoceros, I was like, okay, it's kind of cute that they have a big pet rhinoceros. When that rhinoceros came, because that's definitely a callback. He he sets it up and then he knocks it out of the park. When those armored rhinoceroses showed up, I was like, Ryan Coogler, you're a freaking genius. I just wanted to stand up and cheer because he tricked me. I didn't know it was going to be that crazy and that batshit over the top with rhinoceroses flinging people around. Uh, <laughs> He totally got me. I loved that. And and uh, with Shura coming out with like laser hand gloves and and yeah. Nikita having the the frisbee things, all of that stuff. Those are those were great action set pieces. I mean, this is a super exciting example of that goofy Star Wars thing of we're having these multi layered action sequences, and now we're going to see this bit. Now we're going to come over to this bit, which is happening simultaneously. Then we go to the third bit. Now we're coming back to the first bit, and it's all like layered together. Coogler yeah. just did that so well. I thought. Uh, I, I was just so glad with him as a, so happy with him as a director. That these were the visuals I was expecting and hoping for from Doctor Strange and got denied. Okay. This movie's much trippier. Right. <laughs> I thought I saw on IMDb a picture of Doctor Strange and Chad and, and T'Challa. So I I was going, okay, I know Doctor Strange is going to show up at some point. I kept waiting, okay, Doctor Strange is totally going to show up. And he never showed up. So I don't know if that was like that bit where I thought Michelle Yeoh was going to be in in Captain America. But I was (laughs) expecting Doctor Strange. He didn't show up. I'm a little bit bummed. I don't know where he would have fit in. It would have been weird if he does a cameo in Thor and then he does another cameo. He would would have been terrible in this. He would have – we're going to need a white wizard. What? It's, it's weird, <laughs> it's weird how glossy it's weird how glossy those kinds of movies feel and how deep this one feels. Glossy is a mean word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just feels so different. Uh, Arthur Giovangeli says that uh, Kugler certainly has style to spare. Um, he's, he and he talks about you know the the how great the single shot fight sequences were, um, but he doesn't think that the CG looks good. Oh, the there were parts of the CG bad. that were awful. That water set soundstage looked terrible. I thought that waterfall soundstage, I thought looked terrible. The lighting on that was weird. I mean, this was shot, uh, to its credit, this was shot in Georgia, like on soundstage. Like, this is mm-hmm. a really? bunch of CG. Yeah, yeah, this is a Georgia production. 
they shot the, they were they went on location for the Korea stuff, and there were some waterfalls right. I think in Africa that were. But they used. didn't go to okay. No, no, no. This was shot in Atlanta. Well, whatever, wherever the studios are where they do this in Georgia. This is a Georgia production with a, a diversion, a, you know, an excursion to Korea to Seoul. Good commute from yeah. the show. There we yeah. go. There was a, yes. <laughs> Very good, Kelly Wand. Yeah. <laughs> Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, there but, was a lot of credit to, uh, to uh, Korea in the. Uh, in the credits, yeah. Well, they they made great use of the Korea location. That yeah. that was uh, that was some lovely stuff. That was a really good car scene. Uh, I just like that sense of place. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, they they made great use of Korea. Um, so Wasn't yeah, it- some of the some of the CG like that waterfall set, I just thought looked terrible. Uh, but then for everything like that, there was just a cool shot of Wakanda. Or when uh, when and here's another thing. I did not know until Ryan Coogler wanted me to remember. It didn't occur to me that, yeah, Eric is going to take the gold Black Panther suit. I was like, oh, yeah, right. right. I remember that. That got set up and then knocked out of the park. But there's a shot of them punching each other, falling down into the vibranium mine, where I was like, yeah, this is like Gandalf and the Balrog in Moria. This is like beautiful. There was just a great shot of them falling through the the sky into the mine, the cavern. Just a few things like that that I loved. Uh, there's it a weird. There's a the mountainside. The what mountainside? It smotes it. Smote what? the mountainside. Who smotes. smote a mountainside? Is that a Lord of the Rings thing? Is that a biblical yeah. thing? <laughs> okay. That's how yeah. Gandalf says he beats the bog. Is all yeah, and then I smote the mountainside. Ah, right. Okay. Take I don't. I don't. I don't know my my Tolkien well enough to get that Kelly. Wong. All right, go back to talk about your damn trains. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a really cool shot just as far as things I don't think I've seen before where. Uh, T'Challa gets like punched super hard. Uh, I, actually, it might be a rhino that knocks him. And Kugler has a, a close-up on his face as he's flying through the air and then lands on the ground. Uh, do you guys know the shot I'm talking about? No, so, I don't remember not. him getting hit with a rhino. Well, so he, yeah, yeah. Some, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's just a close-up of his face. It's like the way that you would uh, attach a camera to a rocket ship and then shoot the rocket ship into the sky and you see the Earth below. It's like the camera's attached to uh, Chadwick Boseman's body, uh, Raimi would do it. Well, yeah, I guess it's Raimi-esque. But it's attached to his body, and you see his face flying through the air, and the ground comes you know, running up as he falls. The ground comes rushing up, and he, he sort of burrows into the dirt. Um, uh, anyway, just a cool little shot there that I noticed. Uh, Burrows was never in Africa. Tarzan author? Never mind. Hey, uh, <laughs> Martin Freeman uh, just wanted to say... yeah. I thought he was fine in this, but it's not a very good role. So, well, but I kind of like they had a, a token white guy in a way. Well, I I actually really liked it because uh, one of the things I remember, um, I think I think Chris Markinson said it uh, when uh, when Margaret Freeman was first introduced in Civil War. Wasn't that where he was first? He was. Introduced? He was in Civil War. I don't remember that. I don't either. I mean, you might be right. You, you're, you're no, no, he Civil was. War, he was in it. He was in. I think it was Civil War. Yeah. That that uh, w- you know when they're when they're carting Bucky in, um, in that weird like, uh, it looks like a Star Trek shuttle that's been repurposed in order to be a prison cell. Oh, I think that's a that's a quimjet. No, it's not a quimjet. It's, oh. it, it's 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 just like a little cell that they that they've rolled him in, and he's he's all. It's before Dan, uh, before uh, Brule, what's his name, Daniel Brule, um, interrogates him, and then d- does the Russian words for him. Um, 
Uh, Martin Freeman is the one who is in charge of say, of telling them, okay, you're going to surrender all your stuff. And then he goes and he talks to him and he's, and then at the very end of the movie, he's like to, um, I, I can't remember who, if you move, if you do anything, you're going to be, uh, eliminated. So he's in that movie, but I, I, I'm almost certain that when I read the email from that particular episode that we did, that Chris Markinson said he was underused. Uh, and so I think that one of the great things, and this is again, one of my, one of my issues about the 18 chapters of this Marvel cinematic universe novel that I keep harping about. Uh, this is one of those darker chapters. That's really great. And this is what, this is why Martin Freeman would do that because now he can get to do this because I think he does get to do quite a bit. Uh, but, you know, it's it's not just a token role, even though uh, there are funny things that happen to him. He, he has just the right amount of weight for it. Uh, when uh, Mumbaku says, uh, you don't talk, if you if you speak again, uh, I'm going to feed you to my children. <laughs> we're, we're vegetarians. <laughs> um, I think there's a great give and take there. And I think that he plays a good role uh, exactly right for his casting. Um, and I, I really like that about him. I like the, I like Martin Freeman in this and, and I didn't understand why he was in that earlier movie because it seemed like such a thankless role, but I think it pays off here. And I think I, that Kevin Feig has, has this huge or whoever he who's working for him has this huge, like, idea like this babylonian five idea of like this huge arc that they're do- going to do that's why they call it a universe anyway uh, i i like that he is and i can understand comments that he might be like the token white guy but what i really appreciate about this is that he represents the cia and the cia has in some cases rightly been vilified in movies like this because of the cia's role in destabilizing third world countries uh And a conventional movie would show the CIA guy as a heavy, as a bad guy. But where we are in the world today with what the intelligence community is doing to help preserve democracy when the executive and legislative branches won't do it, uh, I think it's it's an important turnaround that a CIA agent is a good guy. And I love that. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. So token white guy or not, I just love this idea that a movie – makes a CIA agent someone other than a guy who's going to overthrow, who's going to oversee the overthrow of third world countries. I love that. Or just, um, or just get in the way of a decent soldier, you know? Right, right. Like I thought I, when he showed up at the, at the, uh, at the casino, yeah, I just thought they were going to brush him out of the way and he would shake his fist as they, as they absconded with claw or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But to fold him into the story like that, uh, I was really glad they did that. Yeah, yeah me too. Me too. Yeah. So uh, Markinson also wants to ask you guys, um, how many spies does Wakanda have, and why do they have such a robust espionage program? <laughs> All right. So, what was the deal with war dogs? What were war dogs? I feel yeah. like that was what something I'm supposed to know about. Kelly Wand, what are war dogs? Oh, about half of them. <laughs> those were like eric's agents though right they were ready to receive weapons or what i'm a little unclear yeah with uh you know markinson's right like what they seem to know enough about the rest of the world and they do seem to have plenty of spies around and it did seem though rare enough that someone would send out 
like a, a relative, like, like the, the I didn't forget his name, but the uncle living in Oakland, uh, like that seemed rare enough that he was out there and he needed a spy alongside him to, to watch him and make sure that he didn't stray. Uh, or I don't but, know, maybe they're always sending him out in pairs. But, but that was – I think that was early – maybe that was earlier on in the program because what, they, right, what right. he says to him is how many – did you think you're the only spy we sent out? Right, right. And then by the end, it's they're everywhere, and uh, Eric Killmonger knows all about all of them. Stop that! <laughs> and they right. talk about them being in London and every. And okay, we'll do. We'll use those first. Um, so uh, I think Chris's question is well put. Like, how many spies, and why do they have such a robust espionage program <laughs> if they don't want to really be connected to the world in any way? They had um, a robust espionage program that still lost track of Jordan's character after they killed his dad. Yeah, that is pro- that is kind of a... They should know everything about him. Well, they they should have I, mean, that's, I mean, it was... No, I mean, that's, that's what T'Challa's father said, is to his shame, he left that boy behind, because right. that boy knew that he'd committed fratricide. That, that was a thing, too. Like, you that guys was the enough. truth he chose to admit, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that, to me, like, that's... That's a super. That's the kind of thing you get in an opera. Like the yeah. the the, the, uh, the, yeah. the foundation for this this movie uh, is is the stuff of opera, a fratricide, uh, a family secret, um, these difficult decisions, a shocking death. There were actually even moments in this movie where the music would do this kind of like histrionic, overblown operatic notes during yeah, significant yeah, yeah, moments. Yeah. That I was like, yeah, this is like an opera. Uh, yeah. So I I. I love this idea that he was ashamed of his decision and that he consciously decided to leave that boy and to hide the fact that he had killed his brother. Um, well, let's talk about the music for a minute because I was really excited about the music in this movie. Uh, the composer is a guy named Ludwig Göransson, uh, and he uh, has done the music for – he did the music for Creed. He did the music for – Fruitvale Station. He happens to have done the music for Get Out. Um, he's done plenty of music. Uh, but uh, what I loved about it was that at the beginning I was a little dubious because it felt a little Lion Kingy to me. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then it felt a little Power of One to me, which is which is you know Power of One is uh, a movie I really liked, but it is very much a let's drop a white man in and let him be the hero for Africa kind of uh, a movie. Uh, and it felt like a, it felt like that kind of music, but then it it moved into this whole other area, uh, in in a very operatic area like the way you're talking about Tom. But it also feathered in, and I, I loved this about it. Absolutely loved this about it. It feathered in um, themes from the Avengers. Uh, themes <laughs> into the soundtrack, and it really did that in a, in a I, I thought in a very clever, um, not hitting you over the head kind of a way. Right, uh, right. But I love, I absolutely love the music for this movie, and I didn't know if you uh, you guys would notice it, but obviously you did, Tom. Well, I, I didn't notice Avengers themes. I definitely noticed the music, and I, I loved the, uh, you know, I don't Lion King does whatever. Like I, I. It, it's Lion Kingy to me, but I don't know Lion King and I don't listen to it enough. Where I was really enjoying it uh, as this take on you know local music. I, I liked that a lot. Uh, but the, the these very Western operatic strains that would come in at certain times, I really mm. liked as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Thomas Hayden Church, I'm never aware. 
so I didn't <laughs> What movie is he not aware in, Kelly Wand? He's Sandman. <laughs> he's Sandman from Spider-Man, Kelly Wand. Killer yeah. Joe, he's not Seriously. aware. <laughs> I didn't think of opera so much not as I thought of, sh- of, of Shakespeare. Uh, but I think opera, I think maybe fits better. Sure, sure. He's the yeah. British opera. Um, so Chris Webb wants to know, uh, well, he, he says he didn't like the invulnerability suit. He's, he calls it the invulnerability suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Webb says in video games, it's not unusual to have a mechanic where you gain power when your health decreases. But in this movie, he gained power without any risk. It, it's a te- Chris uh, Webb. It, it is, it's I think this is one of those movies and uh, DC could take a, a page from from this book uh, that manages to to create stakes with an invulnerable character. I didn't mind the suit, like because the, the he wasn't suit, vulnerable. He gets stabbed in the suit a lot. Well, he, well, he gets he gets devulnerable. Yeah, exactly. There's Krypton. Like it's the whole standard thing with Superman to make a, a drama. You have to introduce Krypton, and they have Krypton here. But the drama here is not. Oh, he's weak, and the Krypton. What's he going to do? The drama is: is Martin Freeman going to stop the the arm shipments? Is uh is Daniel Kaluuya's character going to 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 Continue fighting the the guards who were like you know is is Danny Garay's elite emperor guard what how are they going to do in the battle oh here comes Mbeku like I the the drama is not about an invulnerable character the drama is about the things around him you know his sister is is getting attacked uh, and uh, you know Superman should take a cue here you know here's how you introduce an invulnerable character and still make it dramatic. Uh, so I, did, I didn't mind the invulnerability of the suit, especially, too, by the way, when Eric very plausibly gets his own invulnerability suit. Right. Um, right. That's, that's like, you know, it's the General Zod approach. Like, it takes a General Zod to make Superman have an actual battle. Uh, that worked for me. Like I, I remember you know. thinking it's not fair that Black Panther gets to drink the magic drug, but then the the challengers don't get to drink it. So well, he undrinks it. He takes it out of them. Yeah, he right. he undrinks it. That's what's so cool about it. it he, it, you know, there's that that Forrest Whitaker ritual where he says, well, "Now we will take the power away from the Black Panther," yeah. and it, it removes it from him. You know, and I I think that's probably temporary, but it's it's definitely important during that fight. <laughs> no, it's temporary because that's when he sees his ancestors. Is when they give it back to him. Right. Uh, when he takes yeah. his power back. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's scary. It's a scary moment because uh, partly because of how powerful you've seen him or I, you know, I remember seeing him in Civil War. You know, he's he's powerful. He's got all these great. I mean, he can do all of these things that Captain America can do, basically. Uh, And then he's just willingly allowing those to be taken away from him for this ritual, which I I, which I think is great. Dingus, remind me what. I remember, like, there's a chase scene where he's running in the street, or what? What does he do in Civil War? Who does he fight? Who beats him, or who does he beat? All right. Well, there's there's this, you know, uh, <laughs> he believes that uh, because of the way that it's been set up, that uh, that you know, it, it's faked, but that Bucky has killed his father because of the explosion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's chasing down Bucky. And, oh. And he begins to chase him on this rooftop after the after the stairwell thing, which is one of the things I think you really liked the the action sequence when Captain America is is trying to save Bucky and the German police or Bulgarian or Budapest. I don't know where we are. Bucharest. I think we're in Romania at that point. Uh, They're fighting in this stairwell. They wind up on a rooftop. 
and this is when Black Panther first shows up, and then it's kind of like, and now there's this guy kind of a moment, and then they do this whole chase uh, through through this tunnel um, where um, where where Bucky takes over a motorcycle, Captain America takes over a, a police SUV, and uh, Black Panther is on top of the SUV, and they're they're just they're driving like crazy, and um, so that's I think that's what you might be thinking about this okay. this this race. Did Bucky kill Iron Man's mom also? Iron Man yeah, doesn't. But have he a was mom. programmed to do that. I mean, oh, right. No. So he's but he's killed a lot of relatives of the Avengers. Well, he didn't do that though. It was actually Daniel Bruhl's character who did it. He just had a prosthetic that that they then put on the newspapers that made them go after Bucky. Bucky so didn't, I didn't actually kill them. That little ending button, I I, I mean Bucky, I he, so I you got <laughs> Bucky's a Tom guy who's Bucky. Well, I don't I get him. He's a here's a, he's you a guy the, who he, he's a no, I know who he is. He's a guy who falls off a train, he then travels through time and he gets a bionic arm. That's yeah. right. Jesus. And brainwashed by the Russians. Oh right, and he's right. He's a he's a Manchurian candidate. He stole the election for Hillary. <laughs> but but do, do you remember the very end of Civil War? What happens at the very end? Yeah, they put him I mean, in like a vice or they capture yeah. him. Now. And now he gets out. I don't understand. It. Like he wakes up. Like the thing is, explain what explain that ending to us. That little. No, button. I'm not. What what I'm trying to explain to you is yeah. the character of T'Challa of, of Black Panther right. who goes goes. Out onto this, you know, uh, um, Daniel Bruhl's character. I can't remember the name of the actual character. Is is sitting out there, out out in the out in the snow, and he's about to shoot himself. Uh, he's listening to these voicemail messages about his kid who has been killed because of uh, the Accords or whatever. Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's not funny, Kelly Wan. Don't laugh. No, and, um, serious. And so he good. doesn't. And he doesn't allow himself to kill himself. Okay. He, he he believes in justice. He be, and I, I believe there's a certain amount of mercy about the Black Panther character. He he wants to kill Bucky until he understands. Oh, you're not the one who did it. And even knowing that Daniel Bruhl did it, he's not going to let him kill it. He's not going to let him just shoot himself in the head. So there, I think there's there's sort of this weird understanding of well then I'm, I'll take this guy and and have my people take care of him. Uh, I, I don't know why that is. I don't know how that plays out. Did but, we know in Civil War that, that, that happening? We did we know in Civil War that's where Bucky ended up? No, 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 no. Okay, so that's that's all, the all we is, know is that Captain America gives his shield. You know, doesn't give he. You know, Iron Man's like that's my, that's my dad's shield, and so Captain America tosses it to him. And oh, then he, God, he I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he doesn't have a shield anymore, Tom. What do you think of that? Ugh. Ugh. But well, we don't have to there's see. unlimited vibranium in the universe. It doesn't matter. It can make as many frame pieces. You know, I'm happy to say I'm back now to having no desire to see Marvel movies. This whole Infinity War thing, I couldn't care less. I don't want to see T'Challa <laughs> as some ancillary character. It, like, Kelly Wan, I don't want Captain America giving him orders. You go stand on that building and you shoot Scarlet yeah. Witch when Black Widow comes around the corner and Ant-Man flings the gamma rays at Hulk. Oh, <laughs> my God. No, don't do that, T'Challa. <laughs> Oh. For me, I see. I can see any. Uh, I, I I am so excited about that because I I see these as as chapters in uh, this overarching book where some of them are going to be dark, some of them are going to have more weight, and some of them are going to are going to be more comical, and that's okay with me. I like Tom's use of Ant Man in Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> it's flinging 
Gamma Ray's Hulk. That's his job. <laughs> uh, like like uh, there, uh, Chris Markinson also liked the leader of the Jabari tribe. You know, I want to call that guy out again. Um, I, gosh, I, I have to remember his name. Uh, I really liked him. Oh, his they're like name the was Winston, Winston Duke. I really liked Winston Duke. I the the, the gorilla tribe leader guy, Mbeku. The, the gorilla yeah. tribe leader, because yeah. at first there was like, like that weird barking, like gorilla stuff they were doing, and then it turned out he just had a sense of humor, and yeah. he also had a sense of fairness. Like, you know, you beat me fair and square, so you can do this. And, and let him live. And, and you also know, you know that, that the... Uh, that they're going to show up. I didn't. I didn't think it's that's how dumb I am. And I love being that dumb when, yeah. when they, again, like it was as exciting as the armored rhinos. When I heard that, hoo, 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 when I, I was like, Oh yeah, those guys, are sitting <laughs> I had no idea that was going to happen. I'm so stupid. Ryan Coogler played me like a cheap violin and I loved yeah. every moment of it. Yeah. Cheap violin, super cheap. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Cause it spared that guy's life. He's, it saves his life. So if he'd killed that guy, he'd be dead. That so guy was great. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think we all kind of like Black Panther. Black Panther. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but now it still makes me dread Infinity War. Uh, but I was dreading why this. Would, why are you dreading it? Because I'm so it's excited. those goofballs. It's those Russo goofballs who don't have one. They don't have in their little pinky one ounce of what Ryan Coogler and James Mangold and Christopher Nolan have been doing with comic books. They're just doing straight up eh, comic books are wacky and fun and maybe political stuff. And, whoa, these people are fighting. Woohoo. Like, I just don't. I have no desire to watch it. I don't like it when Marvel tries to take on like a, a big arc from the comics. Like they always fuck it up. They fucked up Elektra. They fucked up Dark Phoenix. They well, and also, it's a future past. It's always shitty. And, and this whole thing, too, about Thanos being death and wanting to, uh, well, he's like wanting to impress Lady Death. Like, that's this weird mythology kind of approach. And it's, it's like a cosmic villain. Yeah. I don't understand. It's going like, overpopulated. And it's also going to be like a Fantastic Four movie turning. A, and Gal- Guardians. But you loved Ragnarok. Well, I mean, you love the oh, whole... Oh, right, the sense of humor. Like, I love the tone of Ragnarok and the writing. This, I just yeah, don't have, you know, Dingus, I... Here's what I'm doing. I'm prepping myself to kind of somewhat enjoy it because okay, it's competent. So fair as long enough. as I'm convinced those guys can't do anything that's really going to impress me, if it's competent, I'll have fun. But until and then, Ragnarok was good because it scrapped all that shit. It yeah, was like, and it, it was a comedy, straight up comedy. Yeah. It was it was Taika Waititi just goofing around, and I loved him doing that. Chris Hemsworth totally on board, giving Jeff Goldblum lots of screen time. Uh, and you know, maybe there'll be something. You know, maybe Jim nothing. Called, nothing called Infinity War can be a comedy. <sighs> you heard me. <laughs> nothing funny sounding about that title. We know we'll find War, out soon yeah. enough. It's like that's in May. Which is surprising yeah. to me. March 8th, that's like a couple months off. Good lord. Huh. Well, dead. all right, what are we going to do to close out February, you guys? Let's go see next week Annihilation. Oh, it doesn't open uh, in Germany. The new right. Alex Garland movie doesn't open in Germany. Hmm. I'll Dingus, what are we, what are we going to do instead of seeing and of doing, instead of an Annihilation podcast, Dingus, what will we do? I think we should do a three by three. Hmm. Of what? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hmm. you sound like uh, Mbaka. Oh, <laughs> racist. Um, we are going to do a three by three of your favorite parades, marches, or group protests. Mm, that's right. It's so you, you need to uh, you need to write in with your choices of your favorite 
three movies or it could be two movies or even one movie mm-hmm. of uh, your favorite uh, marches, parades, or group protests. And I think that uh, this is particularly relevant right now because of the amount of protesting and marching. And the military parade coming up. And the military parade. Which, uh, which, thank you, happened after I suggested the topic. Uh, you inspired I, him, Dingus. Nice work. Yeah. Way to go. Our, Good I work, inspired Dingus. our dear Good leader work, to, uh, to, uh, to do a parade uh, in movies. Now, this is not your favorite parade that you've been to. This is your favorite parade, march, or group protest. Again, this is not you know, Kelly Wan just protesting against me doing a topic. This is a group protest in movies to uh, 3x3 at quarter2three.com. That's 3x3 at quarter2three.com and that's for the coming week podcast so next make sure, Sunday. Yeah, make sure to get those in by uh, February 25th at midnight and we'll read them on the air. We would love to do that. We'll also be telling you this is a just sort of happened uh we'll each be bringing up a movie that we recently saw so mm. mystery who knows what those are going to be tune in and find out what those are of course our make as you heard at the head of the podcast our make whatever you want uh fun drive for 2018 is underway and just a quick note currently in the lead a french movie called the nile hilton incident what <laughs> Wait, uh, you're making that up what, nope. what? that's not i don't know i don't know, know what it is i don't know i just i just looked it up it's french i, I don't it might even be a documentary for all i know i don't know what it is but it's currently oh, in the league allowed you've allowed documentaries this time Right, right. You can do. You can. Yeah, this might be one of them. Uh, one of our one of our listeners is is keen for us to do a podcast on it. And fair enough, if it gets drawn, we will totally do that. I but love if, that. Match. If you want us to do something else, be sure to support us. We're currently active, uh, and get get that to us. Uh, you got about a month, so there's still plenty of time. Uh, if you pick how do they? How do they contribute? They just. So uh, we're doing our promos at the head of the podcast. We just had one this this uh, episode. Yep. Oh, okay. Uh, right. At just PayPal.me slash QT3. Send in your votes. We'll be reminding you uh, over the coming month. So uh, join us for a three by three and then three movies that we've seen next week. We'll talk to you guys then. I am Tom Chick. I have been here with Christian Mag- Mugbaski. Yeah, it's Muraski, Christian Muraski. I was very close. And I think I got this one down. Kelly Wand. My last name is short for Wakanda. Uh, in the comics, one of Claw's henchmen is Bat Rock the Leaper. Still flying. Just thought you want to know that. A little more information. Suddenly, Killmonger doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> yeah, that's who he works for. And to think I saw you as just some crazy American. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared. Then lucky observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right, and we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, yes, sir? Yes, Walter, that's a question. That is correct. The lamest cult in Wakanda is the crocodile cult. This like never gets old. They should do a Black Panther, uh, Black Hawk Down crossover. Maybe. No? What do you think the Leaper's power is? Batrock the Leaper. What do you think he does? Hmm? Turns into a bat. 
Oh, that's, I guess that's true. That's a good point. <laughs> 